What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, presented by UberLiftDrivers.com, Rideshare and Gig Economy News. So, it's been another week since last Tuesday. And yes, I like saying that right now because with the pandemic, I actually have lost touch of days and stuff. So when I say a week since last Tuesday, obviously we all know that, but it reminds me that what last Tuesday was and I put some kind of a semblance of order of days since then together because, yeah, things just are starting to all meld together. But anyway, um, moving forward here tonight, uh, we're going to have, we're going to be doing an interview with David Pickerell um, from many projects. Uh, He was once an operations manager with Uber uh, many years back when they, when they launched in Nevada and uh, since has been involved with a lot of projects, and we are going to do an interview with him. I did want to add in here in the beginning right now a little update on PUA. Every site or every state is live with PUA right now. The pandemic unemployment assistance portals are all live. I posted on the website a link uh, and I sticky noted it to the top, so it'll be the first link you see if you go to uberliftdrivers.com. And it has every state's uh, link, uh, some notes, what the weekly UI benefits are ranging from, low to high. And then you add 600 in for the PUA. It's all in there. Uh, give it a check. And uh, every state has gone again except for Nevada. And... There was actually, I I put the podcast off a little bit this evening because I was actually hoping to hear that Nevada was going to be doing a test launch at 10 tonight with some people, Um, but I couldn't get that confirmed. But that was a thing that was hopefully happening, and we were pretty, or I was pretty excited about because it was going to be like, well, every state's up. So all the states are up, Uh, D.C.'s up, Puerto Rico's up. It's all on there with links, so get over there. Make sure that if you uh, if you have not started your applications for PU, uh, PUA, then uh, that you get it going. And with Nevada, we will stay on top of it and keep printing articles every day on the website until Nevada goes, because it's the last one. And I know a lot are off to rocky starts and whatnot, but nonetheless... Uh, they're going, they're moving. And in, in the link I put, it says if they're paying out or not yet. So you can see every state's live, the link, the UI, weekly amounts, you can, you're can you going to fall in between. And that's for 39 weeks. Then the PUA is for April, June, Jul- June July. Oh, a- April, May, June, July. For those four months, uh, 16 weeks, depending on when you date the start of your uh, PUA and make sure that it matches with any work you've done, by the way. So if your last day of work was April 20th, don't put a date before that as your start, because when it says last day working, it's very important that you start after that. Um, But many I know have already got the ball rolling with this. I know there's a lot of frustrated people out there as well. But um, I'm going to roll this interview. And uh, we get that going with David, and then I'll pop back in for a little bit about uh, next week and uh, see what else we can maybe squeeze in this week, depending on the interview time. All right. Uh, hang tight while I bring David on. Hello, DP. Hey, how's it going, brother? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. So, uh, we got to get this out of first take, I guess, because I'm not sure I could edit it, but I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, pre- no pressure. <laughs> so, I, I think I can. We'll see. But I might, hopefully, I won't need to. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, I guess uh, we should just. Uh, uh, let's uh, start off with an intro on who you are, because I've mentioned you a couple times, but um, 
I don't know, then maybe, uh, you know, I'll connect the dots between our relationship and uh, we could move into a few other subjects here. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, um, I don't know, do you want to give them a, a rundown on your past at all? Or could you, for for people listening, David's kind of, it's got his hand in the cookie jar with a lot of projects. So, <laughs> um, like the, the uh, uh, kind of a mover and a shaker and is doing a lot of things. So I don't exactly know how he did throw himself anyway, but um <laughs> be interesting to see. Uh, no, thanks for having me on, Steve. Uh, so I currently invest in early-stage companies at a venture capital fund. Uh, prior to that, I'd worked at Uber for a bit of time, helping launch Uber in Nevada and working in the desert region, so Nevada, Arizona, Utah, New Mexico. Uh, and after that, I had worked for a period of time at uh, – self-driving car data and software companies. Nice. And uh, for those of you that follow me on Twitter or know David, uh, he also was involved in a project um, doing uh, some testing for COVID-19. Just, that's what I meant by kind of all over the map. You know, we both, I think him and I both share us wanting to help people and, uh, when he first, one of the times we were talking, and he told me he was doing that, it just came out of the blue. I was like, "What is? Wait, what? <laughs> COVID? <laughs> COVID testing?" Yeah, no, and I've uh, I've been super appreciative of your support, also, Steve. I think your input has been super helpful, just helping get it in front of people. And I agree. I think uh, we're both like-minded and just wanting to help people make an informed decision, which makes the best sense for themselves, basically. Absolutely. And it's, you know, now it seems like every state is live minus like three if the two went today. Um, you know, there's only two going tomorrow, and I think Nevada's trying to go this week. I'm a little confused on Nevada still, but regardless, if you haven't, well, this whole thing won't be about PUA, but I do want to touch on this quick because David has a great project that we've mentioned a few times, and it is completely up and rolling now. Um, at first, there was a PUA versus PPP. You could put in, with like seven drop-down answers, you could put in uh, some simple answers, what state you're in, blah, 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 blah. took a minute, and it would, it would spit out the results for if you went the PPP versus the PUA route. And I think everybody would see, as, I mean, I tried it for myself, my stats with like all the states, and in every state it came out, the advantage was PUA. Um, plus the confusion level, even though it's been a, a rocky start, the confusion level with PUA seems a lot less because even I was confused with how are you applying for PPP. But regardless, uh, David runs autonomy.job, and he's even added a, another feature on there. So if you haven't applied for the PUA yet, uh, but you're going to or you're even thinking about it, I highly recommend checking out his site. And I'm going to let him plug this a little bit because – he'll do a better job of explaining what the site can offer to everybody. So, David, you want to do that? Uh, yeah, no, first of all, I think I'm just glad that almost every single state has finally got their PUA portal up and running. It's taken about time, so it's wonderful that we're almost there. I just remember a couple weeks back filling out sort of a tracker with you and just realizing how all over the place it was. Uh, so yeah. what we have to help people now is effectively we're helping you make a report and it will help you determine basically what are the right, what are the correct numbers to put into your PUA application. I think this is especially helpful if you've worked across multiple platforms. So effectively, it can aggregate uh, and create a nifty report that you can use to plug in the right numbers and also as backup uh, for if backup is asked for from the government effectively. I think we also have a chat feature there too. So if you have any questions on an ongoing basis, you can talk to a live person who will try to give you uh, some support as you go through that process. And this is, I mean, I know this, but I just want to make this clear. This is free for everybody. Yes, it is. I mean, or from what I, can, what I know of it anyway. <laughs> I hope that was a correct statement. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is completely correct. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, so if you guys haven't been to the site yet, uh, go there. Even if you have, uh, I mean, even if you are accepted, even if you are getting PUA, maybe go there and see how the results are turning out against your reality. I don't know. Um, 
But if you haven't applied yet, and I actually know a lot of people, even in my own state, Colorado, where it's been kind of easy to apply since April 20th. I mean, it really takes about 20 minutes, and uh, you're done. Um, all they want is a 2018 or 2019 tax uploaded uh, and uh, just some basic input from you if you're ready to roll. But I know some people in this state who are pure gig workers or at least self-employed, it, it, regardless, have, it have no W-2 coming to them, no matter how many gigs they're working. And uh, I've told them, go, you know, they're wondering about, is it really worth it for me to apply to PUA? And I think this is, I think David say is a great tool to see that because you'll actually see the number. And uh, that number until end of July is pretty big. I mean, it's, you know, I'm definitely yeah, I, not trying to get people on a bunch of state funding here, but it's, it's a large number. It's also better just to have that option open. You can always apply for and get accepted for PUA, and if you decide it makes more sense for you to continue to work, uh, you can continue to do that too. And that's actually uh, the next part of the site that we're trying to build right now is basically realizing that the road back will be bumpy. I do think that this increased PUA payment through the end of July uh, makes a lot of sense for people, but Post that, basically, earnings across different platforms are going to be very lumpy, uh, and it's going to be very different. So just basically the next version of the tool is basically going to try and help people make a decision on whether it makes sense to start working again. And if so, trying to understand exactly what you might make on each platform in each city. And that's sort of hard to actually get all of that data. You can get it you know, anecdotally on forums, online, et cetera, but that's actually something we'd like people's help with. And we will be launching a survey on the site uh, just to try and get this with the idea being to help the broader community out, figure figure out whether it makes sense to work. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great idea to be able to have this, be able to see if I heard, yeah, that would be a great tool. If I heard this this week, well, then what does it do to my payment? Because I think that people need to realize that now through April through July, you're going to see a little bit of UI from your state, and you're going to see the 600 from the PUA. But at the end of July, it's just going to go down to that uh, that minimal UI number. So if you're getting $900, let's say, a week, it's going to go down to 300 after starting in August. So even if you've been accepted, I would think that by, by end of June at the latest, if not, you know, I mean, obviously, it depends on how things go, and you're, if you have pre previous conditions or things that might exclude you from wanting to jump back in. But you know, you're going to definitely within the next three, four weeks, if you're on PUA, start having a plan of reentry here because um, you're not just going to want to do it till August 1st and start driving full time and not be aware or decide you want to try this gig or that gig. I think that. If things keep going forward like they are, and it, we see keep seeing the progress, that maybe you know come up with a plan, and by mid June or early July, it'll be like launching that, trying it. You know, if you want to try delivering food, if you want to try this or see what it's like doing rideshare, you know, dip your toes back in first. Don't don't be shoved back in on August first because you're not going to be able to live on two hundred or three hundred dollars a week. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I think what we've noticed also is just a big variance by platform and by city. Like Uber Eats is doing really well in New York anecdotally, but it's really not doing great in Las Vegas. So I think that's a key part that we're hoping to provide is just, you know, roughly. Yeah, what I, wonder, and I wonder why that is, like in Vegas of all places. Because I, I agree with you. It, it's You and I were even talking about this before that in some cities – I mean, let's just only be talking about large cities. In some cities, Uber Eats or Grubhub or Postmates are raging, and then in other cities, they're not. I don't think it's I don't think it's like the rideshare issue with there's too many people driving. It's just odd. It's just some cities aren't really optimizing those, and I, maybe everybody in Vegas is cooking at home every meal. I I don't know, but it just seems like a city that would have done pretty well with delivery food during this time. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know, to be honest, but I think uh, as long as we can just start putting this in front of people, uh, that makes sense. Because I think from the same survey, what we realized is, you know, Uber Eats is really not doing well in Las Vegas, but surprisingly, DoorDash was doing all right. 
uh, and Instacart was doing really well. So it's just, right. it really depends. Right. I mean, then we had up in, uh, up in even Boise, Idaho, you know, was what had better hourly earnings for Uber Eats and for Postmates than Dallas did are the hourlies that I compared with drivers. And so yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, wait, this doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, and I think uh, basically what we need is just everyone to help each other out here. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of – I mean, once, once every, everything that you put out, I'll keep putting out too, and we'll just try to get as much feedback. And the better that – the more information that David has, the better platform he can create to get out, output numbers that will help everybody. Is that a good way to say it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a great way. I mean, because truly the more input you get – and that's how I am when I'm putting things together. That the more input I get, sometimes it'll either make me tweak or fully change something. Like, wait a minute, you know, I just got input from these three cities, and that changes everything I was thinking about this. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's all just trying to help people out. Um, but David's site, Autonomy Jobs, definitely go there and take a look. Scroll around; uh, you should find something of interest there. If you are getting, about to get, or are about to apply for PUA, there is definitely info on that site that you want to hit up before you do it. Even if you're even if the application is straightforward and easy, it's just it's just some good information to have in your head when you go into these uh online applications. You'll feel a little bit better about it, I think. Um, but uh other than that, I know David's got a couple other projects going on too. Hopefully uh We'll, we'll, or we will stay in touch with those. I know that uh, uh, you had mentioned the path back, and I'm a little concerned about the path back, too. Um, I've read a about a couple of drivers who are saying, you know, it's so good out there right now because there's been that slight pickup, but there's even been more of a decline with drivers. So I think when everybody at the end of March was told to go stay at home, a lot of drivers decided, even though the platform's open, I'm done for a bit. Like, I don't want to be out there risking it. And then since then, I think that even more drivers have gone off. And I think that we hit some kind of curve where it's not the same amount of uh, just very few rides, but I think the rides are going a little bit back up. And now it's lesser drivers because I've talked to a couple this week who have told me they had way better – they've been driving straight through all this. They told me that this – Last week was, like, one of their better weeks. So I don't know if that means anything, but it seems to be that – I mean, it could even be bad. It could even be that you're putting yourself out there too soon and risking things. But the path back is uh, – I don't have the answers. David doesn't have the answers. But hopefully between all of us and all of you guys listening, if you give input back, we can start figuring out different paths back that make sense to the right people. Um, because that is what we're about, is trying to help people. So speaking of that, um, we, we had mentioned a couple weeks back the families of the fallen, and I know we were talking about uh, the Nepalese driver from Queens. And, uh, you know, we've also just, before all this, we've had stabbings and shootings of drivers, and I know all the rideshare gig workers out there know that um, if a passenger gets killed, it makes major news for weeks, months. But if a driver gets killed, it's kind of the last page of the paper in a little clip one day, and that's it. You really don't make much of those stories. And, uh, but it's a project that I think David and I are both interested in because there's a lot of families who not only is somebody out there working 60 hours a week doing rideshare, but he's the only breadwinner for the family, as was the immigrant family that I'm speaking of from Queens, which was the first one that we know of that would die from COVID-19. But uh, I don't know. David and I are still brainstorming this project and how to maybe get it funded a little bit because we know the drivers can't fund this, obviously. We know that you guys would throw in a couple bucks here and there if you could, but we're all struggling, so we get it. But I think that there's some other approaches we could take, and uh, and David had come up with a pretty good idea that I I think we could. Can we talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> let's, 
yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, it's still an idea, so we'll just love everyone. Right. I mean, you understand, people, this is just an idea. This is, but one of the ideas is uh, the referral money, that if there was a way, again, complete if, we have not explored this. Uh, we have only explored it between ourselves talking. So, uh, But if there was a way to somehow, if I refer a driver, and that driver is going to get X amount, let's say do X amount of trips in 30 days, and I would get X amount for referring that driver. Could I have my, uh, could I have my referral amount go to the families of the fallen? Because really that amount's going down for the drivers, and maybe even, I mean, this is a long shot maybe, but maybe even that lights a fire under Lyft and Uber, to realize, wow, our, our drivers are giving back and we don't to this cause. And I know that if nothing else, that would get a little media attention for sure. That's something that always always seems to spark Uber and Lyft. So, you know, if, if this could get going and a couple of us could do this, or somehow we found out a way to come up with a code that you could enter, almost like just saying, I don't, you know, don't worry about my driver referral money. I just referred that driver. I don't even know the guy. He was just in the ride, asked me. So I gave him the referral code that goes to the families of the fallen. And then, you know, it would it, it would go directly to that. Maybe after a few of those happened, we could, uh, or I know we could, we could reach out to some media and uh, get some attention on that. Because if that if that makes news, which it would, um, Uber and Lyft, my guess is, I'm just guessing here, and again, as a six-year uh, driver for both platforms, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that that's the kind of thing that they don't like, and it lights a fire under their the little bit to to stick and move and, and get involved with that themselves. I mean, you know, it might not be you might look at it and think they can do so much more, but nonetheless, it's about the only way I could think of that they might get involved in this. And to be honest, they should be helping these families. I mean. If, I mean, I don't want to cross the AB5 line here and get into that because I'm actually ha- hoping to have David back in a couple weeks and talk about AB5 only. Uh, but I want to go over the scope with you, David, before we have that one because I don't want to shoot myself in the foot or you shoot yourself in the foot because I, I understand both sides of the coin and I do have a place where I stand. But um, I do think AB5 is a huge issue and I would, I would – I know that you have some feelings on it as well, so it would be nice to have you on when we talk about that and see if we uh, can't cover some subjects on that. Yeah, no, I'd love, to, I'd love to come back for that. Yeah, that would be great. And I I mean, it, would just, it would just be an AB5 discussion. It would it'd try to keep it as, you know, I, believe, I was thinking about even bringing in some clips, audio clips of others, like, you know, where Drivers United stands and then where the – AB5 uh, opposition stands. Their audio clips, because I've heard a few that if I could get, if I could use them, are pretty descriptive in three to four minutes each. So it's almost like each side, I've heard a really good presentation of exactly what they're trying to accomplish from each side in three to four minutes. So if I could get the use of those audios or even talk to the the people myself and get a new audio from it, that would be good because we could play those and then talk about what a lot of this means and how it could affect you. Cause I, there's a lot of stuff I have feelings on, but there's also a lot of stuff that I know for fact that would happen. And I, I'm sure you, uh, even if you only spent a week working with Uber, like you did as not a driver, but actually with the company that you would have some, take on this too. I mean, like, I absolutely know what might be iffy, but I could see some things that would be for sure. No, and I think it's highly relevant. I just feel like the gig economy, especially coming out of this current situation, is going to look really different. I also think the precedent has been set with these PUA and unemployment benefits. You know, I think it's anyone's guess as to how legislation actually happens, but I think, you know, things are shaking. Things are definitely shaking. Yeah, and it's and it, and that's a good point. Like, like he just said, like I mean, when we come out of this, is is the government gonna really be going after Uber for this PUA because they weren't set up in place 
and other companies. But I'm just going to use Uber as the example, but um, because they weren't in place to have any kind of, you know, they don't pay into the system, so was it the bailout? And if it was, is the California AB5 lawsuit so heavy that Uber would be forced to leave the state? Or in a worst-case scenario, would it drown the company so much back to the drawing board that um, they might not even be in existence? And I think all that's what I want to get into in an AB5 conversation. I'm just kind of waiting for the waters to settle down because we haven't even seen real responses from Uber or Lyft yet about how they're handling this court case. Uh, I know that I did see the day after California filed that uh, Dara did a um, interview where he said that he thought all rideshare drivers should have health insurance uh, based on the hours they work. And see, that's that's where I start to that those are the kind of things that make me so bad. Because why did she say that the day before the <laughs> the lawsuit? I mean, it, it always has to come the day after. It seems like the day after a big thing like that, they drop something like that, and it becomes in question: Is Uber being honest? Would this really happen? What are the specs on it and all that? But um, you know, it's out there. He sent it to a, a bunch of interviews now, and I've seen it to a bunch of articles. So. Uh, does it relate to all states? Because I know this is the, one of the bigger problems of AB5. I feel like we're rolling into this. But um, one thing I do want to address to everybody is that every time, every state's kind of sitting in the in the wing here waiting to see what happens with California. And if every state approached AB5 as California did, would it, would it kill the company? I mean, it could. It absolutely could. Um, so I don't know. I think that uh, – Again, I think a couple weeks would be great. If you come back, we'll just do an 85. Uh, and, uh, yeah, because I have a lot of stuff that you and I could throw back some topics first and then get on the phone to do it. Yeah, but, let's do it. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, so, in kind of a nutshell, I mean, uh, what, and especially with all this, what is what is your take? I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe catch you off guard here. I hope not. What is your take on autonomous vehicles, David? Uh, yeah, I had worked at this company that uh, effectively was trying to do uh, software and data for autonomous vehicles, and this would have been call it two or three years ago. And I think what was really interesting then was this idea that effectively everybody was going to launch an autonomous vehicle by 2020 or 2021. You know, it's now 2020. I don't see any of them coming out anytime soon here. I think the conclusion that a lot of people, I think, you know, a lot of the engineers who are actually working in the industry at the time, I think, were sort of yelling to push the brakes on this. They're saying it's too soon. They sort of realized what wasn't working. But I think a couple things that people have finally realized in call it the past couple of months. First of all, it's prohibitively expensive with the current technology to build this. And I think second of all, just the technology is nowhere close enough to a state where we can't do this just in a controlled system. Uh, what's really interesting is, you know, a lot of companies have pulled completely back on this idea of launching an autonomous vehicle in the next year. The ones who are still sticking with it, I think the one nuance I've seen is they will only allow autonomous vehicles on right turn only routes. Uh, that's pretty so limited. Go around, go around the block? Oh, I see where you could go. X amount of blocks, you could just only make right turns. Yeah, you could only make right turns, so no, like, you know, no dealing with an intersection, basically. Well, that even, to me, that, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but that even makes it more scary. That's almost like saying, this isn't perfected, so this is all we can handle, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't agree with that. Uh, <laughs> I think you need closed, closed systems. I actually think that Who's going to actually push a bit on this is China, I think, because they're going to have just the sort of uh, will to build uh, closed highways or closed systems, which is sort of like what we need right now. Right. Yeah, you and I were talking about this. So, like, almost like maybe not even taking you exactly to the destination, but more of like a train, like a city train. It would take you like a few blocks from there or something. There'd be actual little drop-offs or... 
Exactly. But I think actually a good thing coming out of all of this is a lot of the technology that's been developed. I think a lot of companies have now come to the idea that effectively this technology is better applied for driver assistance and driver security systems. Uh, what they basically yeah. coined level two autonomy. So I actually think that in the next couple of years, there will be a lot of nifty new features uh, coming into cars, but also for devices that are could be placed retroactively to cars. See, that's that's what I see coming many, many, many years before the fully autonomous Johnny Cap rolls up without a driver to your house that takes you wherever you want to go that you've typed in. I mean, that's so far off in the distance. I don't even think that I can see that far kind of thing. Like, I mean, to me, I think I see it more like you're talking about, like more like hybrid integration of features. You know, like who was it a couple or a few years back that introduced the first, was it Lexus, the first park itself vehicle? Yep. You know, Uh, taken until, and you know, even that hasn't reached mass adoption yet. Right, I was going to say, I was going to say that if I remember correctly, there was a lot of people who got into those cars and were like, it was like bumping cars back and forth. Like it was having major issues. <laughs> um, I don't know, especially, I know that their commercial, one of the commercials that I remember, I, I, I hope it was Lexus because they've got 100%, but if it was, they had a commercial where a guy pulled up and he looked and he didn't think he could fit into the spot parallel parking. And then you, and then they were like, Lexus. And he pushes a button, and it just kind of rolls it back as smooth as can be and fitted as perfect. If I remember that feature did not work at all. Or if it did, it, you needed to have so much room. There needed to be. Like, I think there was like an error that came up if it was what they showed on the commercial. Like, you can't fit it there. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, I knew that, but... Yeah, I mean, I've it like I've heard things like buses, the, you know, like we'll see them in ten years, perhaps in bus routes. Uh, like you, I think that kind of relates to your right turn thing. Like a bus is on a route, constant. It doesn't change that route. It doesn't ever alter anything. It, that is its route. So I think that you know, to a, a lot of people think because of these articles, like you said, that come out, say, 2020, every car company is going to have autonomous. Uh, 2021, 2025, um, I just saw a thing that, you know, the Uber Air or whatever that turned into Uber Copter, but was the original VTOLs, the vertical yeah. takeoff and landing vehicles. I just saw the plug was pulled on that temporarily because I know that they had what, – what, it was a Canadian city. It wasn't Toronto. Uh they were going to start trying it up there. They were also going to be trying autonomous cars. It was almost going to be like the live test. And I know they've tried it in Arizona and Pittsburgh, but I don't think we need to get into the detail of what happened with autonomy in those towns. Um. Yeah. I think the one caveat <laughs> I will have to this is uh, I think sort of long-distance highway driving, that will be sort of uh, the first major application for this. Uh, mostly right. because when I was – when I was reading yeah. about that, I was seeing that they might need their own desired lane, though, too. Uh, yes, which would be the right way to do it. So, but I think the main thing being, like, you know, it's a very, it's much more of a controlled environment than, say, San Francisco, where I live. Uh, you know, right. on the highway, there's set amounts of lanes. You can actually map the highways, and there just aren't humans really involved in it, right, which is the hard part. Yeah, I'm just thinking out loud about, like, I mean, our infrastructure across this country for highways is horrible right now. I mean, it's it's worn down thin over the years, but we basically are in need of replacing all of our – right now with Denver, we've got a major project going on with I-70 and I-25, two of the major interstates of the country, and where they intersect, and we're actually putting them underground both, where right now it's just like a spiral of ramps and things if you're looking from above. But the goal is in the next eight years to have it all be tunneled underground, and there will be a park connected to four corridors, uh, which is just beyond strange to me. I have no idea. All I know is that once in a while they close down a lane, and it stops traffic worse than ever. But, I mean, I was thinking about these 
autonomous lanes if they need them, that's going to be a whole other development that they have to do. I mean, you're going to have to build these autonomous lanes on these old highways, or you're going to redo the whole highway and build an autonomous lane. It just, I don't know, it, everything seems, when I read one of the stories, like if one comes out tomorrow saying that in 2021 autonomous will be launching by this company, I would tell everybody to really read that with a bit of comedy in your head, and I don't mean that to any of the writers writing on this tech, but I just, come on. I mean, we're just not there. The co- like, like David said, the companies, and I've, I know this too, the companies and the engineers, the developers say we're not there. They just say we're not even close. I mean, and yet there's articles out that have people in certain cities wondering if next year rides here will be an available job. And I'd like to People driving cars is not going out of business next year. <laughs> We're not there. <laughs> you know, it's uh, and even once they do start testing it, I mean, it'll take years, years. I mean, I, do you agree with that? I mean, yes, I, I do agree. It's going to take years to get uh, the technology working. After the technology works, I think you know. For a lot of these things, you can get it to call it 95% of the time it can handle, but basically any percentage point above that is really hard. And to be honest, people aren't going to trust this until what they coin in here, you reach multiple lines, right? So 99.9%, 99.99%. And it just gets right. incrementally harder and harder and harder uh, from there. And I think the other thing also is let's say you've built a system which can handle this pretty well. Uh, these things cost a lot of money. Uh, and that's going to take more time, too. Uh, so I just think that, you know, as with a lot of technology here, you know, you get this mass excitement at first. It looks like there's this huge bump in it. Then you sort of have this big dip, and you hit this sort of trough of like, oh, wow, this is so much harder than we expected. We're in that trough right now. Right, yeah. And I think you really hit on something, too, with people's just general acceptance of this. I think that a lot of people are going to be like, I don't want to be on the road with cars that don't have drivers. And I think that is going to be an issue. Uh, I, I also, I think I, I, th- I threw out to you too. I'm very curious to know who's going to insure these cars <laughs> uh, because I don't know if an insurance company strong enough to get through. I mean, even ride share is tough for them right now with human drivers. I don't know how they're going to, like you said, the, the cost of putting together just a basic looking Waymo car is up uh, is up in the quarter of a billion dollars range. I mean, it, it's, it just looks like a car. There's nothing special about it. But the, the LiDAR and, the, and all the parts of it are so expensive that, you know, first of all, you have that expense. Now you have a, a driverless vehicle. Who's going to insure all this? I mean, it's like having Rolls Royces without drivers picking people up. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to become, really? Because these are really expensive. You know, if somebody else comes up, if a trucker falls asleep and just crushes a Waymo car, you know, if it's got a passenger, you got a lawsuit there, you've lost the car. Uh, it just, I don't know. I think that, I think that, I don't know why so many articles come out by so many people in tech that I like to read their articles, because I we're just not there. And every time an article comes out, like six months later, it's like a reprise is done. It's almost just like they just write a new one saying, well, it, you know, a few years from now. Well, I thought it was next year. <laughs> so it's one of those th- it's one of those dangling carrot things, I feel like. I don't know why. I don't know why that they want that even. I feel, I feel like they would want to be really close before they say, we're going to be launching. Because otherwise you just get in this, this routine of canceling your launch dates and People just start thinking, this is never happening. It would almost be better just to keep people in the loop. But at the same time, it's crazy to me how many different auto companies are involved in autonomous. I mean, it sure seems like the logical thing to do would be for all of these companies, because now what is there, let's say 200 invested in these. It seems like, you know, maybe not one company. But maybe they should split up into three or four by country or whatever the common denominators would be between these companies, the way they think, whatever, and all fund the companies 
that would do the testing and have there only be two or three because I feel like everybody's got their hand in this because they want to be the person that perfected this part of the system. You know, like, oh, that's patented by Uber, the, the headlights, because they were the first one to get it right. Well, why not just have a company that you guys are all investing in? Much better output, I'm sure, if you did, because you'd have the best of the best working together. Um, I don't know. It just it just seems I, – I, I guess even I get very confused on what the autonomous payouts must look like for these companies because the amount of money they dump in is just sick. I mean, it's just – it's disgusting. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting uh, also is in these car companies, the autonomous departments exist completely separately from the production car. Uh, and, you know, that part of that's by design because they want them to be able to design on their own. But, you know, the merging of the technology you've built in a silo into this, you know, manufacturing machine, which is sort of the backbone of the company, that's going to be hard too. Uh, and most people, those two departments don't talk. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, but well, yeah. That I mean, they and why and why don't they talk? <laughs> no, I, I would think every department needs to be talking. If we're talking autonomous, there's every time an autonomous car hits the hits the ground running, there's a problem. Yeah. I mean, every time, and some have led to actual deaths. I mean, we've had people killed by them. So I mean, it's. You know, it's they've been kicked out of cities. They've been reintroduced to one. <laughs> so, and I know that they're not well accepted, you know, in Phoenix where they were testing. I know that they, you know, there was the person who was killed by the car. And then, uh, you know, a year later they came back to Phoenix. And I know that people there are not happy. I know that they even take some pretty extreme situations like teeing off golf balls at the cars or dropping rocks on them or whatever they can do. You know, they see them coming and they want a piece of those things. It's, it's, they're very hated. <laughs> yeah, I think, though, the one sort of bright spot from all of this uh, investment and effort that's gone into this is sort of what I mentioned at the beginning is uh, I do think that we're going to see a lot of uh, driver, driver assistance and driver safety uh, systems out of this, or at least I hope we will. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like my cousin was in town, and I know one feature I noticed. He got he was in town about a year ago, and there was a feature on the I think it was a Yukon. It was a brand new Yukon or something. And we went up into the mountains. He had rented a house. And it was it was kind of up there to like in a lot of the backgrounds here in Colorado where I live. Um, up in the you know as you keep going deeper into the mountains, you you, you don't have guardrails. You don't have this or that. And still, the speeds are decent, and the roads are paved, but you're on, like, pretty huge passes. And one of the features was uh, that you could toggle it on and off, but it was uh, that the wheel could take control if it noticed that you were kind of, like, going towards the edge. Um, so I think, I don't know if it worked off the lines or what it did, but, like, there was a couple times when he had his kids and his wife, and it was my son and I were with them, and it was an extended Yukon, and he would, uh, you know, a normal person might, like, go towards the edge a little bit to jerk it back. This thing was actually, like, he would tell me, you know, like, wow, I was just about to break into the turn here, but this already did break into the turn for me, kind of letting me know it was coming. It was, it, I, it might have been a, you had to be there situation, but when I, when I watched it, it was pretty cool. But that that's kind of what I was thinking, too, is, like, those are the kind of introductions that really are happening, not driverless vehicles. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Um, but, oh, yeah, and David, I wanted to ask you, too, uh, moving, to, moving forward here, I wanted to see, when you make your next app, can you, uh, can you program us a uh, Uber translator? <laughs> <laughs> so that when a quote is made by Uber, it spits out the reality of the quote? I think I'll... Uh... <laughs> One thing I've actually been thinking about is uh, I saw that they're shutting down a lot of these green lights. I mean, the green light hubs have been shut already sort of temporarily in the current coronavirus situation. But I saw that a bunch of these green light hubs are going to be shut down permanently just as part of the uh, basically restructuring that Uber has been forced to do uh, these past couple of weeks. I would love your, yeah, I would love your thoughts on that. That's, you know, 
given there's been a pullback the last couple of years already in sort of green light hub and just general support. And I guess, you know, having worked there as part of a state team and Uber sort of pulled back a lot of the, you know, teams that worked in each state. How do you think that's going to affect things? To be honest, I have never. And so where I live in Denver, the green light hub is real close to me. It's between me and the airport. So it takes me about 15 minutes to get there. And I literally like, do a smash my face every time I got to go there. I mean, and it's been very few times because really, like, you could do your, uh, when you need your vehicle check done. Uh, yeah. The first first time I did it, actually, I've been through a couple of different ones that were all different and pretty cool. First time I did it was through, like, a Jiffy Lube, and they did have the Uber and Lyft form there, but they charged you, like, $60 per 50 per, even though it was just one time they were going through it. And then they'd fill out the Uber list, say fifty bucks. But then if you wanted the lift one too, it was fifty bucks for them to copy it over. <laughs> so but what I've noticed is that like Lyft offers at the Lyft state at the Lyft Hub, um, they offer a free uh, check on your vehicle. And you could use the Lyft form and submit it to Uber that your car's been checked and it's free if you're a driver. So the last few times I've gone to Lyft and I just uploaded to both. They accept that because Uber doesn't have that uh, capability or they don't do that where people come out and take a look at your car. And, if, and I, I actually think, think that, a, I think, I think for a time they did, but if they did, they charged. I just think that should be, you know, you should get your vehicle inspected once and you should be able to send that to every damn platform you're on. That just doesn't make sense, but it, you know, it's well, the it, same thing. You, you see, that's what I think that's what I'm saying. You cared. But what you're doing yeah. is you're like for me, it's free through Lyft, but I'm having to send one with a Lyft heading on it to Uber, and Uber's now putting that in my file that says Lyft yeah. points checked. I guess that's the same as any mechanic checking it. I yeah. mean, it just says Lyft. To me, it's it's just weird that it's not. Again, it should be one of those things where everybody's kind of pitching in on this. You know, uh, yeah, like all of them, Instacart's. Uber, Lyft, whatever, whoever needs these kind of checks that it should be all the companies are pitching into this. Yeah, and I think this is for another conversation, but I just think, you know, why isn't there a system where it gets uploaded to, it's connected to your profile, it has your work history, uh, other platforms can automatically ingest it. There's just sort of all this coordination that platforms aren't doing that could just make life so much better for drivers. And I think, or at least I hope, that coming out of this. Uh, no, I, I, I see what you're talking about. You're talking again about what you and I talked about, about there being kind of more of a centralized database where if it was kind of, if it was safe, that would be great. If like yeah. the companies could only pull what they need actually. Yeah. And that this company was kind of like a, a secure lock for good, for gig workers. Yeah. You know, we're like, you know, secure lock, like locks down all your credit cards. It helps you monitor and they insure you up to a million dollars if anything happens, but they notify you of any odd usage. or So they're constantly monitoring, you know. And uh, I think that I think that we've already learned that we don't want Uber in charge of our databases anyway. You know, there's already been mistakes there. And there's been, you know, the U.K. fought to have their data released, and they had to fight that for years. And they did finally get it. But, you know, I think what David's talking about is an awesome thing, that there be a company that's secure that could hold all of our information. And then as you apply to these companies, it just taps into the database and says, is this person able to do ride share? Yes. Okay, well, I need this output on it. And it only gives what they need. It doesn't give all the other data that we're all being – all of our data is being stolen every day that we enter anything on a website anyway. But it's – it's a little less if one company could maintain these if gig workers are working five, six platforms. Yes, agreed. You know, it's uh I think that would be a great thing. I don't know how I don't know who could who could do that and you definitely would I, I guarantee you'd be in for a huge fight because a big portion of Uber, Lyft, those companies is selling your data, whether it be legal, under the table, done through some just odd means of doing things that I'm not going to fully say illegal because 
you know, maybe they have a way that it 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 passes the law, but all of us would consider pretty shady. Uh, but your data is being sold sold all the time. I mean, that that happens with anything you register for online or whatever. Anytime you're putting your data into anything, other than like nonprofits or maybe government forms, and even that I don't know about. <laughs> but uh, you're being sold off. I mean, if not, you're being traded off your list. So your information is all over the place. So I mean, these companies come into a lock on it because they do make money off just all of our info. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of that either. So and the privacy rules. And I think that because it's the wild, wild west of the Internet, I think that people know that they can get away with that kind of stuff. It's, it's the same as clicking I agree. You know, like uh, for another for another uh, episode, I was going to tell you, David, at a different time, but I'll just mention it real quick here, is that, you know, like when an update happens for like Apple Music or Uber, you, you, know, you have to click I agree before you keep using, right? Yeah. So nobody reads those. It, what would be great is if there was a certified website that had those every update that was made. So the, the latest Apple update, here's the five bullet points of what you're agreeing to that differ from the, that are, that are the changes. So you can read the whole document or you can go to this website that would just show you what you just agreed to or what you're about to, or these four or five things are changing. Yeah. I mean, translate legalese into human readable text. And I always think it's funny that, uh, you know, some of these even force you to scroll through it before you can click accept, right? But you know, you know, right. scroll like two seconds. Scroll bar, yeah, yeah. The there's, there's no way you, no, no, read, <laughs> no way you read five thousand words in two seconds, right? <laughs> I mean, right. If they were really doing this, they would use not a captcha, but something like that, where you had to answer some questions after. You know, where it said, you know, if you know, if there was a mention of of insurance and what your coverage of insurance was that you learned reading this, that then it would ask you that question to make sure you really took in the information. But obviously they're not going to do that because they want people to just be able to click, I agree, keep using it. And I know, like, trust me, I'm not, I'm not saying that I do this, that I read everyone. I don't. I mean, I don't even know if I should say that out loud, but I don't. I mean, I I don't either. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why I was saying it would be really nice to have a website that also was somehow certified, whether it be the BBB or whatever that kind of deemed it. Yeah, there are just you know some maybe lawyers like a lawyer group that could deem it. Yeah, they're just giving the bullet points. I mean, again, if you wanted to know everything, read everything. But yeah, we we agree. They give the there's the four things you should know from this update. I don't know. I, I would just think that would be very helpful. I, I would go to it. Yeah, I don't know. This is a bit of a sort of a bit of a jump, but my mind races to. I've actually thought that you know, is there a you know something like that except for incentives for different platforms? So you know, you're being offered different incentives on platforms, but translating that into what does this actually mean for your earnings per hour? Is it achievable, uh, etc.? Which I know is a bit of a jump, but. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, let me see here. Where are we at? Oh, uh, a little bit over here. Um, well, can we continue this in two weeks? Uh, yeah, I would love to come back. I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. And I think the listeners will as well. I think that my discussing topics gives it a little more uh, back and forth to the uh, people that can follow it, you know, like these are topics that I get talked about with people every day. You know, people are so worried about AB5 and all this. I mean, with just reason now in California for one, but um, I would love to, to get on the phone in a couple weeks and talk about that and, and some other things, but uh, that is really in particular because um, I think two weeks is about perfect. I think that right now we still haven't seen replies like from Uber and Lyft, but I think that uh, – I think we will this week, next week, and then there should be some balance and maybe they're talking outside of outside of the court case and at least we'll have an idea of what 
what the companies are looking for, what the state is actually looking for, and where the agreements might be, I don't know, or is it just going to be a downright dirty battle? Because if we all know that if that's what it comes to, Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash made a $90 billion account in December preparing for this so that they could put their, their uh, the issue on the ballot um, so that people could vote on this because it happened so quickly. But if they're willing to put that kind of money towards the ballot, they're going to fight tooth and nail with their money. They're not ready to just go, okay, we're done. We'll just fold the AB5. In the state of California, how long can it maintain a lawsuit against a never-ending fund of investors? I mean, it, 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 to me, it just seems like this is going to be a huge money battle. The results, I don't know, but it's going to, it's going to be a lot of money moving around. <laughs> uh, and I think, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a fascinating two weeks. I think I do agree. I think a lot is going to happen. Right. I mean, my hope is that during these two weeks, both the, the state of California and the companies really are trying to work outside of the courtroom. I know they've had a year plus to do it because they've known about AB5 that long. But nonetheless, I really hope they're taking this time to go, okay, let's talk. Because even if they're saying we're willing to go as whatever we need to with money, nonetheless, nobody wants to waste all of their money. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, if, they, if there is a solution, because that'll, that'll kind of speak volumes too if there's not. If they can't reach any kind of agreement at all, this is going to be ugly. It's going to be drawn out for a while. Um, I wouldn't expect Uber to produce W-2s or W-4s, which, again, I know becomes an issue because nobody's filled out a W-4, so technically nobody is an employee yet. Um, there's just so many issues. But, yeah, I think a couple of weeks is a good timeline to, to then dig back into this and, and see what even maybe some other drivers think. We'll, Maybe even pull somebody out or whatnot, because I, I know a couple who are pretty familiar with AB5. And, um, it'll give me a little more time to work with the podcast, too, because I know I have a feature here, guys, that I could use. I just don't know how to use it. So I had to do a little go-around today and do this phone call with David and be recording it. I'm going to import the audio file into the podcast. But there's a way that I could be doing this while doing the podcast and bring in a couple people. So. Let me see what that looks like. And, uh, yeah, we'll have you back in a couple of weeks. And thanks, David. Really appreciate you coming on and look forward to brainstorming with you and uh, all the ideas that we throw back and forth and sharing them with everybody else, too. No, thanks for having me on, Steve. And I've really enjoyed this. Look forward to continuing. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great day, my friend, and uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Take care, brother. Well, hopefully you guys were able to uh, hear the audio decently anyway. Uh, maybe just if you, if you weren't, hopefully you turned it up a little bit there. But uh, I think I realized what happened. We were, we were doing this on uh, no editing. So, um, <laughs> again, grassroots just starting. Bear with us. But there was some good content in there. and We're looking forward to having David back for sure. Um, I really look forward to in two weeks we're going to have him back and we're going to have a whole episode devoted to AB5. And I think that it'll be great for both sides to listen to. And I would love input. Maybe we can find a way to do it on Periscope or something live. Um, uh, look into it. But uh, it would be great if like we could have some questions going or something. But uh, also, I uh, wanted to ask, I want to put out this to you guys. So does anybody have uh, in your cities the lights that uh, the photo radar tickets are they going right now? Because when you receive a photo radar ticket, it has you in there and it says, "Is this you?" And as long as you can check, you don't know. Even if you do, and I'm not endorsing it, I'm just questioning it because there's a main one at an intersection not far from my house in Denver, and. Uh, it's not going right now. I've seen cars run it and stuff, and it's always the worst. It grabs everybody, and they just don't even have it going right now. So, um, I don't know. I was just curious about that. Uh, secondly, um, because we 
cracked the hour marker here. Sorry about that. Uh, next week we'll be talking with uh, Vanessa from Launder. Um, I will leave it up to you guys to think about what Launder could be. Or maybe you already know, but uh, it's an interesting concept, and I look forward to having her on the show. Um, I've spoken with her before. She's uh, she's got a good idea. She it just came at a at a uh, their launch came at a bad time, but seems to be like we're getting closer for uh, it might be ready for them to pop a little bit. So uh, yeah, we're gonna have her on. We'll discuss her what she's got going on. We'll talk a little bit about families of the fallen. Um, I will finally make it to the online gigs, um, cause I want to do that tonight, but this will give me a little bit longer to build a few more in. And there seems to be a decent amount out there of online gigs paying different things. So hopefully even if you guys, uh, weren't thinking you might want to do this, maybe if we break them down and explain them a little bit, or if I do, uh, you'll realize it's something you could do and be making money at home on your time. Most of them, some, some of them require certain hours. Uh, we will also be talking about uh, if the rideshare and delivery pendulum is switched back and how it's going. And uh, uh, we will. I will also have a follow-up from the first episode we did where I spoke about a husband and wife who the wife is a nurse and uh, was exposed to COVID, got tested, took a few weeks, um, and she was negative. The husband was negative. He mailed in to Lyft and how all that went um, because so far still no good. So they really, uh, it's a lesson to be learned. So we'll be talking about that. And then, uh, yeah, uh, I guess the main thing is uh, next week will be a really good show. We'll talk about all the news, catch a bunch of stuff up. Uh, I'm going to have some great online ideas, talk to Launder. Uh, we will, again, hope to see Nevada before then and uh, have some people's comments because I've got some questions that I think would be good uh, questions with solid answers to uh, read on the show for certain states and the issues they're having filing. Uh, I know Maryland is still having some issues. I know a lot of states are getting out checks slow and stuff, but they are they are working. And, again, go to the website uh, uberliftdrivers.com and see the post that is sticking as the as the featured post right now from today and you'll see everything PUA related um, but other than that we hope to see Nevada go and then in two weeks we're going to have David back and we should uh, be talking about uh, AB5 in depth and uh, probably maybe even get a little heated who knows we have some fun with it right all right, y'all. Uh, to all my brothers and sisters, rideshare drivers, gig workers, uh, be good to each other. Be good to yourself. Uh, be safe and take care of yourself. Spend some time with your family. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Talk to you next Tuesday. Peace.